Hi, my name is Kevin Smith and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview And we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold Your East Fife and Scottish Football Podcast I'm Michael McCall. Nice to be back, Legalist. Not sure if it's nice to be back, Doug Perry. Uh, it's okay to be back. I'm Gordon Henderson. Wow, we're absolutely full of the joys of pre-season. This is the time of the season where you're meant to actually be excited. Sure. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. We haven't done a show together for a couple of months. Although my, my excitement's coming from your Altitude FC top, which I'm actually really enjoying. Yeah, it's very nice. I'm slightly more worried that you could see that that's altitude. Is that is it on the badge? Clearly, yes. Yeah. Right, that's fine. I, I was worried, dearly. Your screen isn't the best, though, Doug, as as we know. True. So, True. so I mean, we'll we'll get into all the the East Fife chat in a little bit. Let's just kick off the the bat by saying we haven't seen each other for ages. How has your your close season been? Excellent. Well, you've been doing commentary. You've, you're moving into my gig, and yeah, Gordon as well. Me, when I was at when I was at primary school, like people always asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I just said Michael McCall. Um, so I'm now living the dream. To be honest, oh, um, you're gonna have to flee the country soon then as well. Yes, emigration is next on my port. I've been searching chat rooms to find a new wife, so I'll let you know how, how that goes in, in the coming weeks slash months. But no, all, all joking aside, um, I had a nice holiday with the, the family out in Turkey, caught COVID, had two days in my bed in Turkey with COVID. I've had a very long recovery um, and still struggling with a bit of a cough, but came back and I've, I think we've, I'm on my third commentary gig on East Fife TV, which I've really enjoyed, just covering the games that, that Daniel can't do. Managed to rope Gordon in, we've done the, the last two together, which has been great, you know, we've held hands as we did it and stuff, which was really romantic and cute. Obviously the the Hearts game, you know, it was, it was a great occasion for Kev. Um, managed to, to do his final interview with East Fife TV last night, which was a nice moment. Got a lot of time for the guy. Really sad to see him go. But if we're looking at the reality of things, which we'll come up to very shortly, I think it's potentially going to be a, a long season. Mm. Um, other thing to, to just mention as well um, is we've obviously got some new sponsors. Um, so you're going to hear some some new adverts in, um, in the coming weeks. Um, thanks again to East Fife Community Football Club who have renewed their sponsorship for the next year. 
and to our new sponsors, um, who I'll surprise you, and you can hear the new advert shortly. Excellent. I had COVID. Lee's had COVID. That's part of the reason that we haven't done many shows over the last month as well. But we hopefully will be back into the, the swing of things pretty soon and be a lot more regular. Someone that's always very regular, Doug Perry. How's your close season been? Um, well, as a golf caddy, it's it's sort of just been mayhem. Um, so been very busy. I also had COVID for the first time while I was caddying at a ladies' European tour event. So that was fun. That's good. That's the only um, thing you caught on the ladies too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it I, didn't ca- I, I didn't catch much of a paycheck, let's put it that way. And that's about it really for me. We, we had, our band had our first gig, uh, Silverburn Festival. I saw. Which went really well. Um, genuinely, actually, I was really surprised at how amazingly run it was. It was, it was really, really good. So hopefully for next year, we'll get uh, even more people. But it was pretty much 300 people sell out sort of thing. So it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, really good. Enjoyed Although it. I heard that there was mass disappointment that you never played your flagship song. What's all that about? <laughs> I thought that might have gone down very badly. I'm sure it would have. People just going like, what the hell is this? Um, no, but it was really good. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck back into the mighty East Fife. And we'll see what 22-23 has on offer. Yeah, you've got to add that song to your set list. Like the, the girl that does our theme song for our show over here, she did a, a live YouTube thing and a couple of, I tweeted out just for folk to, to watch it. A couple of folk had requested her to do the theme song and she's like, I don't even remember the words for it. Well, I mean, if I've got any problem, it's remembering words for songs. So <laughs> it probably would have, uh, yeah. If there's ever a song where the words are actually a bit more important, it's probably that one. But, yeah, maybe next year. Okay, See maybe your yeah. next gig. I'm going to do like what everybody seems to be doing just now and hold a, a sign up that says, can I come and play Glory Daisy Gold with you? And get on the stage and we could jam together. I'll we'll, hold we'll, one that we'll, says, can I get your shirt, please? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Scott well, Youngs would say, can I have your pants? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so basically at the end of this gig, I'm going to have done a duet with Lee Gillis. I'll have no top on and no trousers on. This is a real worry. Oh, yeah. that's, that's living the rock and roll dream. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm quite uh, in the sort of bad boy of music sort of uh, stuff, but we'll, we'll create a local scene. I mean, the, when I caught COVID, it was from going to a gig, which was in a really small venue and it was like absolutely packed so that's what happens you decide okay i'm just going to go out and then you catch covid for the first time can you make it four out of four have you had covid gordon in the last couple of weeks well um i'll introduce a bit of drama i've not had covid but i've been feeling a wee bit funny uh today so i'm gonna gonna do a covid test i mean i can i I can do it live on air yes yes definitely definitely Okay, I'll, I'll save that save that for a bit later, and that'll keep it. Just a disclaimer, right before we get accusatory tweets that I've given you COVID, I have uh, been well out of my isolation period before I seen Gordon, and therefore, if he, he goes on to suffer any consequences, I don't want Alan the Apple Henderson to be sending me <laughs> any tweets, and you'll be asking me why we're calling him any uh, Alan the Apple Henderson as, as Gordon and I were at the football on Saturday and we walked to get a refreshment from the pie stall Alan Henderson is casting his eyes over Bayview, just looked like he was in deep sense of contemplation as we're 2-0 up against Cowden Beef eating an apple at half time now, 
Nice I've to see the Scottish seen, diet change. We was outraged at this. I've never seen anything more offensive in my entire life than somebody eating an apple at half time. There's a the new pie stand. They even do a special pie. Don't ask me what's in that. Oh, um, apples? But, <laughs> <laughs> an apple pie. <laughs> That'd be great. It's our 4th of July special. We for Doug. <laughs> ah, interesting. But I mean, how, apart from that, apart from maybe dying live on air, or testing positive at least live on air, because I'm sure you've had the vaccines and everything, how's your close season been? Uh, it's been good. Um, played in the, the fans. Oh, yes. Uh, Legends game what, a few weeks ago now? A lot of fun. It really did highlight my complete lack of fitness. So trying to take small steps to reverse that a little bit. Very tough. Half an hour. Ran absolute ragged. Uh, very, very tough, but enjoyable. Uh, my legs the next two days were wooden, basically. I'll be so, honest with you, Gordon. I was quite happy to hear that because... At said game, Gordon came off and his face looked a bit, almost like the colour of my shirt actually right now. Um, and I was like, Gordon, you look really thirsty, mate. Do you want a pint? And he said, of course I would like a pint. So we went upstairs, I bought him a pint. He then went, oh, I'll be back in a minute and went to talk to someone. Never seen him for the rest of the day. Happily took my pint, never even indulged me in conversation, nor reciprocated. So I think that, um, that there needs to be a... a a viral tweet of Gordon out, or Gordon is a moron. There we go. Oh yeah, we're getting Jolly John out. I, I, well done, Gordon. That. That's the way to do it. I also <laughs> got in trouble. I was, I was that, um, was that thirsty at the end of it. I got in trouble because I walked into the bar with my boots on. <gasps> had to get told to take them off. Got in trouble for that. <laughs> Fuck's sake! I, they have a an annual, apart like pre-COVID, an annual media match here where it's like. The journalists and the TV folk and radio folk and some ex-pros take part in a game. I've played in the first three of them and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. And over those three games, I pulled a hamstring, I had a cracked rib and I got cleaned out by a goalkeeper in the box and didn't even give me a penalty for it. It was a clean, I'd knocked the ball around and the keeper just came out and flattened me. And I'm like calling for a penalty and it's just like, just nah, nah, on you go. I think he got a piece of the ball. He got a piece of my ball. <laughs> I, I've just been doing lots of commentary for the new League One BC, so that's been great. Although tiring when you're doing like three or four games in a week. So, but we just need to get Doug involved now in the commentary side, and then all four of us have done it. So maybe ne- next time I'm over, we can have Doug and me doing a game. We'll see how that goes. I've been glued to Wimbledon because I'm a big fan of Nick Curious because I used to like John McEnroe when I was a kid. So to me, Nick Curious is the the new one. And I guess it would be apt to say new balls, please, since Wimbledon is on, because support for this episode of Glory Days and Gold is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. You can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GDOG, that's G-D-O-G, at manscaped.com. And if my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls and counting, more than is actually used at Wimbledon. And I think we, we can all verify or 
three of us at least can testify as to how good th- this product is. Now, I want to be fully transparent here. Myself, Lee and Gordon, we all got some free products to try in exchange for this kind of sponsorship and promotional deal. But what we're saying uh, about this is absolutely 100% true. It's like we've all used it. We've all loved it, the stuff that they've sent us and really recommend it. If you've been on the fence and you've seen the ads before and you're thinking, don't know whether to do this or not, go for it. You won't be disappointed and you'll love the end results as will your loved one or significant other. Talk about your balls, guys. Well, what I can say is that I've had a few listeners message me to say that they've purchased um, the Manscaped um, bundle. And recently, it was actually Stephen Brandon, who um, I'll maybe talk on about later on the show, um, he got his order, but apparently there's a, a, a deal on the Manscaped products just now. He's then used the Glory Days discount on top of it and ended up with 40% off. So um, you can get yourself a, a sweet as a nut deal um, should you decide to, to go on. But I, I mean, I, I text Gordon, right? And, and this is genuine truth. This isn't any salesmanship for me. And I asked him, have you bought your, your your Manscaped package yet? And he was like, oh, it's just arrived, but I've not used it. And I was like, wait till you get those boxers on, mate. They're actually like carrying your nuts in a silk hammock. His dad eats apples at football games. <laughs> it's like cradling an apple at The signs were there. Or a baby's arm holding an apple, um, but no, like all seriousness, the, the the manscape package I think is really good. And actually, like I used that a bit when we were in Turkey because, like, going out for walks and stuff. Um, and if you're a Rubenesque gentleman like I am, the anti-chafing stuff that you get in the the pack was pretty good for that as well. So I thought you had to bore that mankini on, and that's why you were doing <laughs> a little bit of the trimming. Yeah, it always makes me laugh when I'm I'm tending to the the garden with the the trimmers, right? Because, and again, this is a, a true story. So when my wife and I got married, the, the the woman that was carrying the service, I mean, I'm not religious. I I wouldn't say she was a priest, but something religious anyway, um, was carrying the service. And she was like, these are the rules for a happy marriage. And she turns around and said, you need to tend to the garden of love daily. And I was like, uh-oh. And like, trying not to laugh. And my two best men stand at the side of me. I just heard one of them whisper over to the other, what do you suppose that means? And that was it. It was game over, like, oh, absolutely killing ourselves. So every time I think of, uh, or when I'm using my new Manscaped, uh, Manscaped trimmer, I think about tending to the garden of love daily. Well, I mean, understandable because the performance package 4.0, I mean, it arrived and I, I was slow in using it as well. I actually used it this week for the first time. And I was really impressed by it. it. It's genuinely, and again, this isn't just us like bigging it up because they're sponsoring this episode. It's fantastic. My wife was very impressed with it as well. It's a whole other story. Inside the package, you will find their lawnmower. Talking about turning to the, the Garden of Love. Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. The Weed Whacker Ease and No Hair Trimmer. Nose Hair Trimmer. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Crop Reviver Toner. Performance Boxer Briefs. And a travel bag to, to hold your goodies. Now, how have you found it, Gordon? On Lee's recommendation, I tried out the boxer shorts and, yeah, like it says, absolute thumbs up. Really good. And Gordon did 
used the code to, to order some extra boxer shorts because he loved them so much. And I went on the website and I used the old double discount to get the 40% off, got my G-Dog discount. So I think I ended up getting a 55% discount by buying a, a new pack of those boxers. Um, quality, honestly. I can't yeah. actually speak highly enough of the boxers. I've, I've not taken them off since I've got them. And uh, <laughs> I said, like, going, um, been hitting the gym a wee bit over the summer trying to get in shape a bit more and yeah the anti-chafing uh boxer shorts has come in handy there definitely. tremendous I'd recommend them. this is definitely a huge change from a solicitor's firm sponsoring us for sure. <laughs> the, the, the sort of conversations that can happen you say that doug but we do have our new sponsors maze mortgages on uh <laughs> on file for the upcoming season as yeah. well so we well, <laughs> We'll, we'll see what they want to talk about on the show. Last couple of things. Like it's, a, it's a fourth generation trimmer. It features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof. It's got a 400,000 LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave or if you like to do things in the dark, Doug, which we know you, you and Scott are big fans of. Because it's waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. And the weed whacker is also waterproof and great for, for your nose. So remember, 20% off and free shipping with the code GDOG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So, yeah, go and support manscaped.com. Supporting them, buying from them will also help us on the podcast, and we would really appreciate that. But as Lee mentioned, that is not the only sponsors we have for this episode. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Mays Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. So thank you so much to all of our sponsors for this episode. We appreciate the love. We love you all. We could maybe have been sponsored by 7up as well after the, the game against Hearts on Tuesday night. 7up, be careful how you Google that. That took me to a very different version of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, I've, I've got to say. But anyway, let's get away from all of that and let's move in now to the football chat because the pre-season is over and we're going to talk first of all about the on the pitch stuff and then at the end we'll talk about some of the, the more off the, the pitch things that I want to talk about as well but pre-season is over, business gets underway at the weekend in the, the Premier Sports Cup. How are you feeling Lee at, at this stage about how East Fife are currently sitting? Well, I'm trying to look at it and I'll try and be as objective as I could possibly be because I think there is definitely cause for concern when you look at our playing squad, right? We don't really have an out-and-out -out striker. I think Troughton looks to me like he's going to be a bit of that guy 
RW, whose name I can't even bring myself to say to be rat. Um, so I think he's going to be quite similar sort of player to him. We've obviously seen Scott Shepard and, and Ryan Schiavone as well. Neither of them are out-and-out strikers, although Stevie Crawford, when I spoke to him on Saturday for East 5 TV, thought that, that Schiavone can be an out-and-out striker, but it's going to take time to coach him in that because it's not natural for him. Um, so I, I still think that we, we, we desperately need a goal scorer and there's not many of them cutting about. Um, I think that what we need to hope is that we're maybe quite lucky in the loan front a la sort of Rob Ogilvie or the Jack Hamiltons that we've had down the years that we, that we can add somebody there that's going to give us a bit of firepower I think we need a creative midfielder we need a centre half we need a left back um, so there, there's still way to go for the squad however people might want to put that down to East Fife not having the money or Stevie Crawford's recruitment but I don't know if any seen Jim McAnally mm. um, in the press recently saying, you know, Peter Heather struggling to get players. I've heard from a really reliable source that Darren Young's got a, a, a sizable budget at Sterling that he's struggling to spend, you know, because players that seem to be really happy to drop down to Lowland League or West Scotland League or wherever where they'll get similar money to us and they're not having to travel. And I think that the cost of living crisis is probably affecting that as well. You know, with the cost of petrol, people, you know, you know, players have to take that out of their wages. It's not like the days gone by where it was travel expenses and stuff. You know, we're paying them a couple hundred pounds a week or whatever they've got to, to commute to work on that wage. So, well, well, yeah, like a club like Peterhead, if they were playing travel expenses, that could yeah. really put them in serious shit. Yeah, I mean, Peterhead have signed Ola Adeyemo today. So, if that doesn't scream desperation, then absolutely nothing will. So, I think that. You know, it's not just an East Five thing. I think it's a universal thing that you know clubs are, are struggling to recruit. Um, so, although I'm worried, I think that the Premier Sport Cup or League Cup or whatever the bloody hell it's called now is probably just going to come maybe three or four weeks too early um, for for the part time clubs who haven't really finished their the recruitment yet. I mean. The majority of the games that I've watched in pre-season, there's been a large presence of an under-20 squad. And don't get me wrong, there's there's been a few of them that have, have really stuck out. I think young Roman Balls has got a lot of potential. And Gordon and I were talking about that in the two games that we've seen. He's been a really um, positive sort of shining light. Um, so my honest answer is I'm apprehensive for the upcoming season. Um I don't think that we'll be anywhere near the bottom of the table, but judging by the the, the quality of our squad, I don't think we'll be anywhere near the top either. Mm. Gordon, you've taken in a couple of the pre-season games. How are you feeling at, at this stage of things? I think quite similar to what a lot of Lee's saying, to be honest. I think I'm not... You know, coming down to League Two, I think, you know, historically... As an East Fife fan, your sort of expectation is, well, at least we should be challenging. I mean, that's that's kind of historically where we've been. If we're not for no challenging for promotion in League Two, that's a bit of a you know bit lower than where we want to be. Um, from what I've seen, I would totally agree in terms of where we need to strengthen the squad. Um, I think the, the exact same four positions for me. Um, you know, we need a left back. Um, we've had one on trial who I was quite impressed with. Hopefully we sign him. I think then you're looking at a centre half. 
someone to play in centre mid and a centre forward. Now, you know, if we can get, whether it's through loans or whatever, if we can get sort of decent, maybe not, you know, a good player in all of those positions, but if we can, if we can kind of go some way to kind of fill in that gap, then, you know, I might allow myself to be confident that we might kind of push. Um, I think if we don't, I think we'll really struggle uh, to, to compete at the top of the league. Same, I don't think I don't think we'll get relegated. I think we've got enough quality in the squad to not finish bottom. Um, but I think the problem at the moment is how thin we are in some some places. I mean, really, we've got two natural centre halves: uh, Adam Steele, um, you know, is a good player, and we've got a young guy. I think nineteen who signed for person Johnson. So, you know, even if he turns out to be a really good player and we're happy with him, still only two. Um, you know, I think Pat Slattery has been covering in at centre half in the the friendly games, and you know, by the looks of the squad, he'll be covering in all over the park. He'll be playing up front at times. Um, I think it's the it's the depth, and you know, there have you know there are obviously you know guys in the under twenties. You know, we saw Jack Healy last season. Agree, Brogan Walls looks like a really good player, and I think he should be kind of definitely given his chance this season. Um, but you know, realistically, we're we're probably not going to be able to rely on four, five, six of these guys coming through this season to to tide us through. I think that's going to ask him for trouble. So, not not overly optimistic, not too pessimistic. Um, I think it's still a little bit wait and see for me. I mean, Doug, the the preseason, the, this four games, three in a testimonial, I, I guess, but. It was a one-all draw with Civil Service Strollers, a 2-1 defeat at Spartans, 3-0 win over Cowden, and then that 7-0 shellacking against Hart. So I don't know how much you, you can read into anything like that at this stage of the season, but from what you've seen and from the additions that we've made, the departures that we've seen, how are you feeling going into the, the kick-off with the League Cup games? Do you know what? I think, I mean, extremely similar to what Lee and Gordon have just said, to be totally honest. My only concern is it felt like on paper our pre-season friendlies were designed to get rid of the breaking effect, as in, you know, you've had a year of just not winning football games and whether it's organising two or three friendlies there that you'd expect to, actually, you'd expect to win relatively comfortable, comfortably which can maybe just give you that little little bit of confidence. Look, pre-season, we all know, doesn't mean anything, but it just continues that not winning many football games kind of run is my only concern. But I actually think that article with Jim McAnally made me feel a lot better. I think there will be two or three teams in our league that will be pretty strong. And then I think there will be you know, seven or eight that will being exactly the same boat in terms of I don't think anyone will have squad depth really so that's where our under 20s will actually hopefully come into fruition and be a, a, a really positive for us um, so I'm not I'm, I'm kind of like like the guys I'm not worried about relegation you know obviously we'll, we'll see how we start but I think I think it might be a very frustrating year again. I don't think fans should think we'll be challenging because I, I just don't see it. I mean, we might, as I say, if we get 
if you get that lucky loan signing of a striker that can bag you 15, 20 goals. At the moment, we're kind of reliant a little bit on a fairly ageing Alan Troughton, albeit a very good player in his day. Um, but I, I think the fact that it looks on paper to me like a pretty weak league. We've been very used to the last two or three seasons playing in a really, really tough, strong league. And I'm not saying it's not going to be tough. It might be a bit more turgid than it is tough. Um, but I don't... I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I was... I probably was three or four weeks ago. was probably a little bit more worried because a lot of clubs like your Dumbartons and Stennis Muir have made moves a lot, quite a few moves very, very early and we didn't. Um, and, and, you know, and again, that's a financial thing more than, more than anything I'd imagine. And they're, they're you know, the Barton's well-situated, Stennismere's well-situated geographically. Yeah. Like like the guys were saying, we're not, we really aren't. I mean, your your teams like Peterhead, I think most of them will train in like Edinburgh or you know, somewhere sort of more centrally so that they can do that. But, because Stranraer always had the issue where they, I think they trained in Glasgow just to have, and the only time they ever went to stay apart was for home games. But that's always been an issue for us, to be honest with you. Um, but it will be more so now with everything You've that's going to on. Remember, so. we do train at the Orium. We've got that central hub yeah. where, you know, the, the guys train. And, you know, I've, I actually asked Kevin Smith this question. Um, I'm sure he won't mind answering it. But I'm like, you know, if, if you're a, a player... What attracts you to our club? Like, I, I was really interested um, in just how that works and, and like, what sort of attracted him to come to East Fife in the first place and, and how he thinks that we could attract players going forward. And he gave me a really honest answer. He was like, look, is it players will want to come to East Fife because they're one of the bigger clubs in the lower leagues and they're recognised as being a good club to go to with a good fan base, which I thought was, right, okay, that's good. Tick, tick, tick. He was like, but he was like, it depends on the player as well whether they're money based or not. So I think that obviously the attraction and the gravitas that will pull players towards his face is great. You know, we've got the Orium, which is central, that's great. But I think right now, on the back of COVID, then you pile the cost of living crisis that's going on just as well. We're maybe not as an attractive proposition as, as what we once were. Um, I think also, I think also in that point, Lee, players will be more money oriented. So that mm-hmm. that extra hundred pound a week, which is you know four hundred quid a month, in the grand scheme of things, now can be quite a lot for a family. Certainly, so yeah. it, whereas maybe two three years ago, it maybe didn't matter. It, it probably does now. Well, you're talking about four and a bit grand a year. Yes, yep. you know, if, if any of you guys got the opportunity for an extra four grand a year for doing the same job just somewhere else, if you've no real affiliation to the club or any ties, then why wouldn't you? You know, these yeah. guys... I can't going... knock them for it. Like the guys that go down to Lowland League or the Juniors or whatever, you can't knock them for that. Well, we offered Ross Dunlop a deal, right, to stay with us this season. Crawford really liked them. And he's left us to go and play at like Gartkirn or something like that because it's closer at home and his brother's there. Mm. Right, so you're, you're finding that these boys now are going, right, okay. Actually, I, I wouldn't mind playing for my local club or whatever because, you know, my dad maybe played there in the 80s or, you know, my pals go and watch them on a Saturday and I didn't have to really travel that far back. You know, if I go in the West of Scotland League, all the clubs are when, commu- you know, commutable distance. Yeah. If you come to East Fife right now, 
we don't have a game within an hour's drive. That's what I was going to say. It's not even the training aspect, because obviously we train in Edinburgh. But if a player's looking at that and he's like, oh, I've got away trips to Elgin, to Peterhead, to Stranraer. Well, not Peterhead, but... Annan. It's, yeah, yeah, depending on where you stay, it's... Yeah. I mean, you've also big. got, like, the since since the kind of pyramids come in, you know, I know that there's still a bit of sort of <laughs> prestige or whatever associated with being SPFL, a league team, as opposed to maybe Lowland League West of Scotland. But I think that gap's closed because we're all part of the same thing now. So it's not like... You know, maybe a few years ago, a player like Ross Dunlop would have thought, "Oh, I'm not ready to go juniors," but he's just dropping down a couple of levels yeah. now. It's all it's all part of the same mm-hmm. thing. So I think maybe that some of that kind of you know shine that some of the traditional yeah. league clubs have is maybe not so much compared to some of the clubs lower down. Yeah, but like so, you say, there, there's good rivalries in these leagues. So these, mm-hmm. like you know, your, your Pollocks and all these sort of teams, that these Ayrshire clubs, especially. There's big rivalries there, so there'll be games where you're playing in front of a couple of thousand fans, which you won't get in this league for one. So if you've got that kind of chance to go to a team where you're maybe making 50 quid a week more, you're not having to travel, you're playing in front of bigger gates, bigger games, challenging you know, challenging for a league and stuff at, towards the latter part of your career. It's hard to argue with that, to be mm. honest with you. I was surprised, Lee, that you said that Sterling's having trouble getting the, the guys in because it's like you'd think they're ideally placed because they're yeah. right smack in, in the centre. And if, if a player wants to drop down to League Two, he's also going to want to join a club that's going to be winning and going to be challenging and just make it a little bit more... You would expect us, really, to be in the conversation. Don't take away yeah. we was fans, right? So take the emotion out of it. And, and this is what I've, I've been trying to do and try to think subjectively. We take the emotion out of it. People will be looking on the outside and going, East Fife should go up. Yeah. Right? That, that, that but whenever a team comes there. down, they should yeah. always be one of the favourites to then go back Absolutely. up again. Every single league. Again, looking at it, us and Dumbarton are probably the two biggest clubs in that league. Right. You could probably add Bonnie Rig into that mix because they're, they, I mean, they've, got, they've sold like 450 season tickets for the yeah. season coming up, right? So, you know, we, we have two of the bigger teams in that league. People will be expecting us to challenge. We'll probably be up there with the highest pairs in the league we'll pay more than Elgin, we'll pay more than Stranraer, we'll pay more than Albion, and we'll probably pay more than Annan. Um, I would be surprised. Um, Forfar, Dumbarton, Stirling, and us are who should be the top four teams in that league. You, the thing that goes against <laughs> us in a way is like a lot of those far flung places, they're going to rely maybe on local talent. Because, like, if you're in Annan, it's like you can maybe say, Look, you would, if you join us with your local club, you don't have far to play for home games, blah, blah, blah. But with us, we've got so much competition round about us in Fife, yeah. North and Dundee, South and Edinburgh, just over in the Click Manninshire. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, to a degree. Um, I don't think we do. I don't think we're doing Fife now because if you no, think about it now, you've got, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go to Cowdenbeath because Cowden they're down and they're and they're sinking. Mm-hmm. Wraith are two leagues higher. Kelty are, you know, a, a league higher and a much better level now. Let's be honest. And obviously, Dunfermline will be paying big wages. So I think that kind of level of player we're looking at the, in Fife wise, we're the only. Viable option you'd, you'd imagine. 
Well, apparently Kelty have said that they'll not be spending big this year. So, alright, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they will be. But then they have a solid core and a base yeah. to build yeah. from. Yeah. And then they've, all, they've already got a whole load of players who are on big money. So yeah. And there's going to be a hell of a good crowds at those games this year as well, so they're going to get gate money. They may not be going out and spending big on new players, but they, they, they will still be spending big. I think and, and that, was the, that was the point. I, I don't think that they'll be able to, to go out and spend... Uh, or not they're not able to. I don't think that they'll have the need nor want to go and spend big money, although... There was an absolutely incredible tweet from somebody who added Kelty on the back of that uh, statement. And it was something like, oh, I'm sure you could just sell a few more ounces of conservatory to pay for it. Which I I saw was that. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, think, I think one of the problems we'll have this season is I think financially it'll be difficult because you look at those teams. I think Bonnie Rig will bring a few fans just because it's a it's a new thing for them, and maybe Dumbarton will bring a few depending on when we're playing them. But really, in terms of away fans, it's going to be a couple of men and his dog. Mm. Really, I mean, you're not going to get many coming away from, as you say, Stranraer, Elgin. We're quite lucky because you you forget with East Fife in terms of away support. I think we've you know we've always been pretty high up there in terms of how many away fans we generally take, but. Yeah, even when I mean, we've been pish, we've taken good support. Yeah, mm. but I mean, I, I don't, you know, as I say, Elgin, Strunrar, Albion Rovers, Annan are not going to be bringing many fans to Bayview. So in that respect, that's that'll be, that'll be noticeable this year because you you, you're you missing out on a few big away supports. It's going to be interesting, though, as well, to see how many away supporters we do take this year for a number of factors. But one of them, the cost of the bus is obviously going to increase the run. So they're going to have to put the price up for the bus. So it's like, are folk, if, we do, if we're not playing well, are folk going to be like, oh, I'll just buy the stream, I'll just watch it on the stream? Not doing oh, the stream this year. They're not. Well, that's done for the UK oh. visitors now. Uh, yeah, because it's like, I got the email, so I thought it was for everyone. So it's, oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not as, like Doug, I'm not as apprehensive as I maybe was, say, a month ago, when all these other teams were making signings. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a fun season to watch. I'm not looking forward to it. It's not a season that I'm like, great, I can't wait for the season to get underway and see the games. To, to quote a Marlon Manson song, it feels like it could be a long road out of hell to get out of League Two at this point because teams are going to come in. If we don't get out this year, there's going to be teams that come in or teams that go down that will start spending money and then it's just going to get tougher and tougher. And... Totally different level, but look at the likes of, say, Sunderland and Leeds when they dropped down to the third tier of English football. That took them a long time to, to get back out of it. So, I mean, we could be in for a a long visit, hopefully not, but could be in for a long time down the bottom. You, you look at the squad, 19 players, I think it was, went out. And I don't mind that. I wanted a complete overhaul. I think the club needed it. It's like... Just fresh beginnings. Let Stevie Crawford build a squad. Let him bring in the players. And then he can be fully judged on that. Now, obviously, one of the guys that's gone is Ryan Wallace. And we'll just touch on that with, with all three of us quickly. I'm not sad to see him go. I think okay. it's like the disruption that he had caused last year with, 
oh, will I play, will I not play, and had injuries, I think. That was what was keeping him out towards the end. Just cut it, free up a wage, let him go. If he comes back to haunt us, so be it. But let's be honest, the games he did play last year, he didn't exactly light the league up either. Well, you want to know what? This, and I've heard this from a couple of people, so don't quote me directly, but Wallace, when he went off in his strop last year, said, if you want me to come back, I want an extra £100 a week. So that took him to £350 a week and one of our top paid players to then continue to treat the club with the absolute contempt he has is taking away absolutely all the respect I had for him. All Jimmy Insall calling him out on Twitter was fantastic. Was hilarious. He went absolutely. so far up in my estimation when he did that. Yeah, although, I mean, like, Ryan Wallace did obviously clap back with a few coke jibes and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, which, but I, I just loved when Enzo was like, all right, I'll bare knuckle fight you for charity then. And Wallace just <laughs> acted like, no, thank you. <laughs> and there was no response to that at all. But I mean, Wallace, um, you know, done for me. Um, when players come back to Bayview, be it Bobby Lynn or any of that, I've never booed a player that's played for us that has come back. I would boo Wallace. I, would. I, I, th- I think for me, look, Wallace has been a wee nyaf his whole career. Every club he's been at, he's that little huffy guy. I mean, his very first spell with us, he was superb, like a really, really good wee striker. But I, I said it loads of times last year, he annoyed the hell out of me with how many times he'd suddenly be picking the ball up off centre half. It's like, you're not a fucking superstar, mate. Play your position, play where you might be playing. And I did, I noticed on uh, a Dumbarton fan and Pine Bovril after one of their pre season games, put, um, I really don't understand where Ryan Wallace might be playing because he was all over the pitch, running about all over the pitch. And I was like, that's exactly what he does because he wants to be the sort of star man and just all oh, give the ball to me kind of scenario. He probably I, thinks he's like, been given a free role and uh, the coach is like, you fucking haven't. Yeah. <laughs> I want I you up front. The, the bottom line for me is the club have done the right thing. Some people were saying, oh, we should have got four four grand for it. As soon as he wanted out, you got rid of him. Yeah, because it frees the money up early as well. Yeah, absolutely. He's clearly a terrible influence in the dressing room. You just don't need people like that, especially in the sort of league I think will be in where you need, you need people who are going to roll their sleeves up and fight. Yeah. That's not who you want in your team. Another rumour that I heard was apparently he threw the toys like out the pram because Crawford told him he needed to lose weight. Now, yes. obviously, I'm I don't think any of us could really make any comments um, about people's physique, but obviously, we're not. Oh, I do it to my wife all the time, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Crawford, yeah. also, Crawford also told me I need to lose weight, I, it was totally unnecessary. Yeah, <laughs> look, no, there's a uh... There's, there's three of us here which are very clearly fatter than Ryan Wallace, but we're also not professional footballers. So yeah. in, in, in fact, in, in fact, you heard Stevie Crawford clearly on the audio in the commentary going, I tell you what, those two commentators are fat bastards. They ain't <laughs> I can't judge us. I mean, Gordon, are you sad in any way that Wallace has moved on? I mean, at this point in time, no. Um, you know, it's. It, I suppose from, from one point of view, it's a bit sad that 
you know, a player that I think at one point or at some point was a good player for East Fife and we liked. Um, it's a bit of a shame it's ended this way, but to be honest, he's, he's a wee, he's a huffy wee shite and he was clearly in the huff all of last season and he was pish last season. You put those two things together with him being one of the highest paid players at the club and no-brainer, get him out. Um, you know, if he goes, if he's he's at Dumbarton, you know, if he if he comes back to haunt us and Dumbarton have a good season and he scores against us, yeah, so be it. Um, we need to get him out. So wait, wait, wait till he scores a Bay View and then runs to the fans kissing the badge. Oh, he will do. Oh, he, he, will do. He, he, he absolutely he'll, will. Yeah. He'll, wad, he'll waddle over and kiss the badge in front of us. But uh, yeah, just uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I sometimes like I, in the moment I don't like it, but I quite. That. Yeah, I mean, like, he's, a, he's a he's a character. You know yeah, the wee shit. But, uh... If Kevin Smith does it, I would two foot him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 would be tougher. Like here in Vancouver, our goalkeeper, who's the Canadian number two as well, came back at, for the first time after leaving in controversial circumstances, which a lot of folk thinks was over money, but from what I've heard, it was more personal stuff. And he got so much abuse on Saturday, and it's like, yeah, you cannot expect it. If I was him, I would have lived up to it. I would have been like going like that and just taking the ball from side to side to just kill time and stuff. But it's football. It's like you're going to boo folk when they come back. And if someone leaves a club not on good terms, then they have to expect that when they come back, they're going to get abuse. But I, him- I also think, I, sorry, just very quickly, I, I also think, like if, if Kev Smith scores for Bournemouth against us, Go, go and celebrate your goal with your fans yeah. of that team that are paying you to play. I, there's no, none of this like, oh, I'll put my hands up. Like, oh, I'm not. It's like, go and, you're a striker. Go and celebrate. That's why you I know, that me. always annoys me. It's like, look, it's like, you're with a new don't, team. Don't come you to our fans. Don't come to our fans and give it a big sort of get it up, which Wallace will absolutely do. Almost Adebayor-esque against uh, oh. Arsenal Man City. Oh, when he beautiful. ran the whole half of the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was and then the place erupted. But, Yeah, go and and celebrate, absolutely. Yeah. But Wallace going, one of the the many that have gone, and Danny Swanson and and people like that, it's freed up money. Now, Gordon, you said, oh, maybe we haven't signed guys because of financial reasons. We must have money kicking about. Obviously, we don't know what kind of budget Crawford's been given or if they need that money for the other costs, electricity and maybe travel expenses or just travel in general. But... We surely have money there to bring players in, and it's whether we might not be a, an attractive proposition. That the whole other thing. But you look at who we have. Trout and Allah coming on a wage. Who? Trout and Allah coming on a big yeah. wage. Yeah, because I was going to say, if you look at who we've brought in, it's a couple of older guys. Because you've got Trouton, you've got Alan Fleming. I mean, he's not going to be commanding top wages, but you'd think a thirty-eight-year-old keeper that's been around the leagues is going to be a fairly decent thing to come here. Got the young defender Sam Denham from St Johnston, so he won't be on on much of a wage, and Ryan Schiavone won't be either. You look at the additions though; it's just Fleming, Denham, Troughton, Scott Shepherd, and Schiavone, and with how many players went out, that's quite scary that we haven't brought more than five in. We have had these trialists, who it seems one by one are maybe disappearing. I mean, you guys got a chance to look at the trialists. Is there any of them you'd pull the trigger on? I would take Williamson. Yeah, Williamson's had rave reviews from stuff that I've read. I mean, look at... He was the left back, yeah. 
there's there's always sensationalism on on players. I mean, like people were like screaming, "Sign Rabin Omar after he scored a goal against fucking Hill of Beef. Like, just settle down, right, and actually take stock of the the quality of the opposition. Now, granted, we drew against them, but who was the lad that we had on trial and we didn't sign him? And then he went down to play in the national league and was on TV in the FA Cup and stuff. Oh, that was uh, Chris Ray last year. Yeah. Because I, I did wonder if the whole Omar thing was going to be like him. He plays a game for us, does not bad, and then other clubs are like, oh, we'll offer more money. I, I think we'd have signed Rabin Omar, but I was told like, uh, yesterday that he needs an operation. Oh. And he held his hands up and said that I need surgery. Now, I actually have a, grown a wee bit of respect for him because he could have signed for us and then went, oh, by the way, I need, I need surgery. Yeah. And he's not done that. So I think that we've potentially tried to offer him a deal. So we could still get him after surgery and stuff. Potentially. Look, I'm not a massive Rabin Omar fan. I think his delivery from set pieces was really good from what I've seen. But I I don't know. I I don't want to see us just add players to add a body very similar to what we did with Asaya Bonsu last year. Mm -hmm. I want us to add players, if only if it's going to add quality. If we're just doing it to add a body, player under 20s. If we're going to do it for like actually adding real strength and depth, then I don't mind us spending the cash. Um, but there, I mean, there is a few players out there just now that don't have clubs. Like I mentioned, uh, Adam Livingston that was at Clyde last year and he was on um, at us a few years prior to that. A very, very good left back. You know, I would love to see us go in and just say, "You want to what? Yeah, we will give you three hundred pound a week to come play for us in um, League, League Two because you are a very good player." You know, take a Swanson wage, take a, a Ryan Wallace wage, you know, like just go out and, and sign him. But I think he'll probably have better offers. Um, there's a few of the um, Queen's Park team from last season that haven't found clubs yet um, that potentially we could want and speak to them. I mean, Forfar, I think I've still got like the boy Hilson and stuff, um, you know, that hasn't really kicked a ball for them. Um, you know, could we go in and you know, <coughs> just say you'll take Hilson and pay his wages and bring him into the squad and score goals. Now, I know that Dick Campbell's not really going to be one for, for dealing with his five, but I mean, he sold us Ryan Wallace, he might sell us Dale Hilson. There's, there's nothing to stop us going in and doing that. You know, we've obviously brought in, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, sorry. Obviously, we've brought in um, Alan Fleming. You know, we've got Scott Gallagher and Jude. Well, yeah, I was going to say, that was one of the things I was going to ask. It's like, who's who's our starting goalkeeper then? I think it looks to be Jude. But is he not going to air? I think that if that was going to happen, that it happened by now. But I mean, say like, one of the things that I'd heard was obviously that that Jude was going to air and we were getting 10 grand for him. I would take that 10 grand and go in and put a bid for a player, for a striker. Mm. You know, say to Anna, we'll buy Tony Wallace for you, there's 10 grand. Say to... You know, Arbro for Helsing if he would drop down the league safer. You know, somebody for Queens Park or Kelty or whoever. Um, you know, right? We've got to, we've got ten grand to spend on a player. Let's spend it and and really add some strength, like or, or some decent quality to our team. Um, I, I fear that we would just take that money and be like, thank you. Um, yeah, but but sh- but surely, Lee, the the. I know we probably don't want to get too much into it, but the, the ticketing prices would suggest that we need money. Yeah, no. Um, from what I've, again, I, I, I don't want to re- reveal too much of what I'm hearing from people, but apparently we have got a commercial director in place now as well. 
Oh, that's uh, good because I went and clicked on the website today to look at stuff, and the link doesn't even work. I I I'd written that down. Exactly yeah. that. Click on hospitality, and nothing is there. Excellent. And um, so apparently that like he'll be in place in the in the coming weeks, and hopefully like he'll start getting some deals and it'll bring us some money. Um, look, do I feel that we're overpriced a hundred percent? You only have to compare us to the likes of Bonnie Rig, etc., whose season tickets are like a hundred and ten pounds cheaper than ours. Do I think we're over overpriced? Yes. You know, in the last show I mentioned there's a bit of fan tax on there, but we're not a well supported club. So the club have got to do whatever they can to cover the bills. You know, that's that's it. You know, fans will pay the money. And if they don't, then you know the I found it yesterday that our um, season ticket sales are the same as what they were the year before. So the, the core are paying the money. So it's it's not much a difference. I mean, like I met so, like a guy on in Turkey that his daughter goes to nursery with my daughter. So we met up and like the kids play and stuff. He was a Rangers fan. Um, he's from the West Coast, but his missus is through here, so he's living here. Um, and I was like, oh, do you still go through Ibrox? He said, nah, it's too far now. I'm just going to go and start watching one of the local teams. I was like, oh, get down to Bayview. Um, so, I mean, he's been every pre-season game. He's bought a season ticket. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, you, 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 there's always going to be the potential to catch a new fan. Um, what we've done with the, what the club have done with the community football club, like all the kids getting free tickets um, where I pay an adult. I spoke to a woman yesterday. There was loads of like kids getting selfies and stuff with Kev after the game. And I was like, oh, like this is brilliant. It was great to see like so many young fans there. She was like, oh, we'll be here every week now that he gets in for free. She was like, because although I've got to pay 18 quid, it works out at £9 mm. each. And I was like... Yeah, I think I, I, I'm not... I actually was never concerned with the season ticket price because the bottom line is I would imagine our season ticket numbers have been pretty steady for the last 20 years. You know, yeah. if, if you're buying a season ticket, it's because you're a big fan who likes to go to football games. So yeah. I, for me, it's the, the walk-in price is, is ridiculous. But yeah. I know you went off on a tangent early. I'm just going to do it while I remember. Do we still have like a, like a furry mascot kind of thing? Because if we're getting more kids there, that might be something they genuinely want to look at, just to kind of... Remember, the the Bayview B, as it was, was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And I do remember him at one point giving the middle finger to his mate as he's going along and he's just giving the middle finger at this guy. And it was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. It wasn't wasn't our greatest idea. To be honest, I don't think, like... I'm not really sure a mascot makes any difference. I think if you're going to do a mascot... Or at least they do, do here. It's like they, they line up to get photos taken, he hands out cards and then signs them and stuff, and they all it's, love it. Scottish kids, though, they probably just want to like throw something at it. Aye, they'll probably try and pull his head off. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you do that, you've got to do something, for me, you've got to do something a little bit different. Like, you know, Partick Thistle got that Kingsley one, which is a bit... Yeah. I mean... Have you seen their third strips? It's it's a Kingsley strip. I might just buy it because it's fucking horrendous. It's right up my street. Yep. I mean, like like Gordon said, like, I don't think that a mascot makes much of a difference. I think that what they're doing is the right idea in terms of getting the community club, um, giving all the kids free tickets. Then the adult comes along, so that works out that they're getting, you know, the, that eighteen quid works out that is nine pound each. If you want to look at it mm-hmm. that way. 
And then all that happens is maybe we go on a wee bit of a run and then the parents start to really enjoy it. And the parent buys a kit. You know, you've got to think about all the potential for these things to add up. I actually want to, for as much as I agree that the walk-up price is ridiculous, I mean, it, it is ridiculous, but I actually think that what the club are doing is they're saying, right, the walk-up price is going to be a wee bit higher, but because they've given away the kids' season tickets, they're probably just trying to find a way to marry it up. But we'll wait and see that, you know, they're, they're obviously trying something a wee bit different, so I'll praise them for that. But, you know, you've got to factor in cost of living, all that I, sort of I stuff. Think, I know that I feel like I I'm the, detail, but... the, the problem for me is the away fans, because I know for a fact that when when you went into our league, and remember it was like, you know, I don't know whether it was Airdrie were charging you 18 quid and nobody else was, everyone was like, I'm not going there, it's 18 quid, or I'm not paying for their stream, it's 18 quid. I reckon away fans will massively not come to Bayview. Yeah. Because it's, expen it's expensive. It's a Methyl's a shithole. No offence to anyone listening who lives there. I used to. Um, and it's a soulless ground. So th And yeah. it's cold. So I'm <laughs> telling you, I, I think our away fans this season will be horrendously low. And that's the worry because your, your home core, we've said it for a long time, our core support's there. It's not going to change massively. We'll add on a few here or there. We'll lose a few here or there. But your away fans can be very important, but, you know, budget-wise, and that will take a massive hit at 18 quid. If you're, if you're, you know, joint top or top, uh, most expensive by a pound or something, I think most people don't care. You know, away fans, they, uh, generally, I don't think they go, oh, it's 14 pounds to get into Annan and 15 to get into Forfar. I'm not going to Forfar. But when you're top by a long way, I think people's mm -hmm. attitude is... You're just being greedy bastards about it. I mean, that okay. was my attitude to Aloha since they came yeah, down. Yeah. They came down for the championship and, you know, their stream was ridiculously more than yeah, anyone yeah. else. And so when it came to, you know, I, I did go to one away game at Aloha, but, you know, I think there was one week where I was going to buy the stream and I was like, nah, actually, I'm not. It's just greed and I'm not giving them the money for it. I think people will do that and people are already, I mean, I, I saw Cowden Beef fans saying, I was going to go to the game, but the money they're charging for a friendly is ridiculous. So just because it's greed, I'm not going. I do wonder if maybe it's gone up, like because I, I didn't know that we weren't doing the stream for UK fans this year. So maybe they know they're going to lose money from that. So they have to try and recoup something at the gate. But that's quite a bit. That's such a big difference from mm -hmm. your stream price to then go, well, what was it, 12 quid last year to watch it in the comfort of your home? You know, let's go down here on a November night and it's 18 quid to get in for it. I, I, as I say, I'm not, I don't have a problem with the season ticket thing in many ways because I don't think that will make a difference in budget. I think it's Billy big time and I think it's the completely wrong thing to do is to charge 18 quid. It, make it 15. What difference does it make? You've been relegated, keep the prices the same. That's fine. If you want to put your prices <coughs> up a little bit or whatever, I just think, I think 18 quid in the bottom division of Scottish football is utterly scandalous. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm, you, you know, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I wasn't a Big East Five fan. If it's a shite weather day, I'm sitting at home in November, I'll I'll struggle to go and decide to pay that. If we're sitting sort of mid-table doing nothing, it's, it's a just, lot it's a lot of money. Just that thing like you know, sticks in your craw to pay that amount of a bit amount of money. You're just like, you know, if it's fifteen, you're like, well, that's the expected thing. But just that little thing of you know, even if you got twenty quid ready to go, you're just like, oh, it just pisses me off that you've charged that little bit more just to try and 
be, and be the most feels like to people. Be the most expensive ticket in the league, but be the most expensive ticket with Forfar and Dumbarton. That's fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah. Don't be three pounds more than the next one. Don't be six quid a game more than the but it's just Yeah. I and think it's, it's a, a gamble as well, because if the team's that. not doing well, it's like you're Casual fan that doesn't get a season ticket's not going to go and they'll pick the games that they go to. But and my, the opposition my, my, as well. If an opposition is doing shit, what's the incentive for them to drive and spend that money and then pay that? Absolutely. So let's look at Dumbarton as, a, as an example for me. They've got relegated. They've made quite a lot of good sign-ins. You know, I'm guessing their fan base will be quite excited about it. They've got their new strip with their centenary year. There's a bit of excitement. You know, we're a completely different place than them. We really are. I mean, we've, we've not signed anyone really of note. We've, we're, we're, we're already talking about how the squad's very threadbare. I just think to then, if, if you'd invested something back to have a real push to have a go at getting promoted again, I don't think we've done that so far at all. And I think it's about like trying to steady the ship a wee bit. I just, mm. I just think it's way too much. We've totally gone off tangent. That's Lee and my fault for, for taking that down different routes. So I want to get quickly back to the squad and then we'll kind of move on to some other stuff. So just a quick round the the thing. If if Jude stays, is Jude your number one with Fleming as the backup? If if we keep all three keepers, that just seems a bit odd to me. I heard Gallagher was injured. Yeah, right. he, he, he may possibly be, yeah. So and I guess Fleming me, at 38, you might not expect too much out of him. It's a toss-up. I think it's there. For me, it's 50-50. Fleming and Jude Smith, you know, it's there to be one. I, would, I, I saw would comments after the Hearts game that Jude didn't look interested and didn't look like he was trying to go for he, the ball. He, he looked very frustrated by the end, which I think is fair enough because, I mean, me, me and Lee were saying on the commentary that, you know, for the first five or six goals, I don't think you could blame Jude for any of them. Really, it was getting caught with you know wonder strikes, and but it must have been a very very frustrating afternoon. You know, I think he did look, um, he did look, you know, whether it was kind of annoyed or disappointed or pissed off by the end of it. But I can't blame him because he was, you know, he was doing all right. He wasn't doing much wrong, and he was just having balls fly past him. Um, I mean, personally, like. There's one save that I would have expected Jude to make. Maybe they come in at the, the corners, he could be coming out to try and collect them, but he sort of stayed rooted to his line. Um, look, is it, if you'd asked me at close season, would I have been sad to see Jude go? I'd have said yes. But we've signed a really good keeper in Alan Flennon. So I'm a bit like, if we could get money for Jude, i.e. 10k upwards, I'm a bit like, take that and have uh, Gallagher as your number two and Fleming as your number one. Personally, I would probably take Fleming as my number one because I think that Jude is a very good keeper and I'm not going to take it away from him. Definitely a great shot stopper, but he's got a lot of heads gone moments in him. And I think that this season we could probably do with somebody that could just keep the head that wee bit more, and I think that Fleming's probably that player. 
I, 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 I kind of agree with both. I think mm. I think it's nice to have two goalies that can kind of fight for that jersey. I mean, you look back to Brett Long and uh, Jordan Hart. It was kind of nice to have. You know, if, if they read out the team sheet and one of them's in, you're not like, oh no. But I would be astounded if someone pays money for Jude Smith, because for me, he's not done anything, and he's made. You know, if you think back to Mark Bridges when he came to us on loan at 19, he was like a proper, proper goalkeeper. I think Smith's miles away from that. I, I would be amazed if someone spends money on him, to be totally honest, on the back of what he's done so far. I also very quickly think, don't even worry about the Hearts thing. It's the third best team in Scotland who put a pretty strong team in the first half. If we if they hadn't put four or five past us, I would have been amazed. So I wasn't, that, that result doesn't matter. And to be honest, guys, the League Cup doesn't matter. It's no. another four pre-season games. We're not going to get through that group, no chance. So it, I, I don't get stressed out about what the results are in there because they're probably on paper not going to be great. The only imagine. thing is about the League Cup is it's a potential money spinner for the club getting into the later stages, cup uh, TV money. It's I mean, not going to happen. No, yeah. no chance. I mean, but you know, even just as a not even as a kind of League Two club that might potentially not be that great this year but as a part-time club just on the odds you know your chance of getting through that group and then if you've got a decent team you know which Ross County are and then you've also got fairly strong League One teams your odds of getting through that group are so small we've been through once Um, so it's one of these things like look you know once every few years when you've got a good team you get a decent group yep you might get through it brilliant but most years you know, you turn up, you take your results, you move on to the league. And that's that's my attitude to it. Yeah, I think at I think this my... point for us, we have to just look at it as four more pre-season friendlies, yeah. like actual testing pre-season friendlies. I think, I think very quickly, Michael, just... Yeah, I think very quickly to go, because we've gone off at another tangent, but it's very exciting to be back, you yeah. know? Um, just to very quickly go back to the goalkeeper thing, if I remember rightly, I always remember Alan Fleming as being a very loud communicator was very vocal as a Which goalkeeper. I like from my keepers. Oh, I think it's, especially if we're going to have maybe a young centre-back, you know, quite a well, yeah, young... Yeah, talk, talks them through the game almost. Absolutely. I think I think that's why I would 100% be leaning towards him to start. But as I say, it's nice to have two goalkeepers that you kind of go, yeah, quite happy to play yeah. either. I mean, for I me, suppose, I, I would kind of have a look at Fleming. That would be my choice, just... Just because the interview's not come out yet, but I spoke to Fleming after the game on Saturday for people that think I just talked to all the players. I've, if you've not been listening to the commentary, I've been doing some stuff for East Five TV um, while Daniel's been working. I spoke to Fleming on Saturday and I asked him outright, you know, are you here to coach? Or are you here to help Jude? Or are you here to challenge for the jersey? He's like, I'm here to challenge for the jersey. He's like, I, he's like, I want to play. Good. So I was like, love that. Yep. Really love that, and you know, it was it was quite honest. It was just like, look, he was like, Jude's a good keeper. He's like, Scott Gallagher's a good keeper, and um, it was just like, we're going to have three good keepers here. He's like, but I'm not here to sit on the bench. And I'll be honest, I think that Crawford signed them because he's expecting Jude to go. Mm. So, but you you also have to you've got to have no somebody pushing your in. someone's got to push your number one. Yeah, and like Jude's got two guys that's going to push him, experienced guys that are going to want to play. They're not going to just want to sit on the bench, and that's what what you need here. 
when I talked about our old keeper came back, when he left, stupidly, the sporting director and the manager said, oh, no, the other young guy that's here, he's our number one now, and we'll just look to bring in a backup. So then we struggled to get a backup, because who's going to come in when you know you've got no chance of being the number one? So you want that competition. And then also the young guy's like, oh, well, I've no one really pushing me, so it's all good. You need that competition. The other side of the pitch, just to quickly look at that. So we've, we've brought in three forwards, Alan Troughton, Scott Shepherd, Ryan Schiavone. Alan Troughton, he was a guy that I always admired and I would have loved him here maybe a few years ago. Does he still have it? You look at his stats, and I've only looked at his last two teams because there's no point in going way, way back with these guys. So Troughton has played for Albion Rovers and he's played for Aloha. And his strike rate is 43 goals in 107 appearances. So he still has it at this level. Yeah, Did you see his goal against Cowden? No. You don't lose class. You don't. And he picks up the ball, dribbles past two players and sticks it in the back of the net. Um, so yet, what you're saying is he's not like a fish out of water. No, I definitely not. And he knows where the right place and the right time is. So um, there's definitely a lot of fish puns going to come this season. Yeah. By the way. I mean, I've heard that he beats like a salmon. So, oh. you know, he might give it the good way his head. But, you know, I think that it's not so much worrying about um, Trout and finding the net. I think it's more about keeping him fit. Mm. I think if we keep him fit, we'll get goals. But at 36 and an injury-plagued season last year, I mean, he's, he's, he's struggling for match fitness now. Um, I reckon that we'll get 60 minutes a game at him. Is Similar that what you're hearing? That's, yes, that's that's what I'm hearing, absolutely. Well, you could say that he's a bit longest in the tooth, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think um, he'll be looking to get a bit more than 60 minutes a game. I mean, he's definitely in the upper crustacean, you know? Like, we don't have to worry too much about that. The, the great thing about this is... I'm actually going to drive around to all your houses and beat the shit out of you. Like, none of this was planned. <laughs> this is just this is just our natural comic stuff coming through. We are available for fringe shows next month if anyone's yeah. got any venues available. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Well, if you thought that was bad, this is the one thing I did have planned. The Lord is Scott Shepherd. We shall not want. He maketh me... To lie down in green pastures. He leadeth the team beside the still waters as we look out from Bayview. I mean, maybe he is going to help us walk through the valley of the shadow of death and we will fear no evil. He is with us. A rod, maybe linking up well then with Troughton. And his staff will comfort us. Uh, Okay, um, I'll have a go at Scott Shepherd. I mean, we're certainly not going to get a flock of goals out of him, but I think... Um, eh, I, do you know what? There's something about what Forfer fans said about him and, you know, about this sort of... I think one guy described him on Pine Bovril as he will run all day and put in a hell of a shift, but when the football gets near him, that's when your problem is. There's so something he's not ins- a wolf in sheep's clothing, is what you're saying. <laughs> do you know what there's something in that statement that excites me because I, really I just, and not fucking yeah, terrify you <laughs> a, a non-score you know there's that 
uh, quad B kind of um, vibe about it. I, I, I love a hardworking footballer. Like, I genuinely do. Someone that just runs their arse off all game. I love it. So, he he's definitely not going to score a lot of goals. He did have one season at Edinburgh where he scored, you know, a, a few. Yeah. So it's not like he's, uh, it's, you know, I, I've read it down, he's played 180 games and scored 31 goals. So, he's not prolific, that's for sure. But, I, obviously, I've not seen him, but I've seen him play, but not for, for us. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not... We're not going to get a 30-goal season striker out of him, Schiavone or Trout, let's be honest. But if they can chip in with a few and be the link-up and all that sort of stuff, create a partnership somewhere, then I'm I'm fine with it. Gordon, what does Shepherd mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, I've seen him for, what, what was he on the part for Kevin Beath for? 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. Um, and he was playing wide left of a front three, so not necessarily a sort of centre forward. Um, but of, of those 10 minutes, I thought he looked all right. He had one really good, from what I remember, really good uh, cut inside. Um, so if that's, I mean, that's something we haven't mentioned as well. We kind of look like we're going to play a 4-3-3 this year. Um, and the way we lined up against Cowden, Troughton was through the middle. And we started off with Schiavone and Shepard wide. Um, I thought he looked all right. You know, he's not um, looked quite decent. He's not a player I know a huge amount about. But you know, the that that's what seemed to come through from him. That he's a you know he's a worker. He's a trier, not a goal scorer. Which you know, fair enough. We're not going to sign. Um, probably already been said. We're, we're simply not going to go out and sign somebody that you know is guaranteed to score thirty goals a season because. What the hell are they doing signing for us? Uh, but no, no team in our league is going to do that. So, hmm. I mean, I don't want to try and butt heads we here, Gordon. Um, so I've, I've just wanted to try and fit that in. <laughs> yeah, you've, got, you've, got no, you've got nothing to say. It's just like no, oh, hold on, on. He just had my, a pun. No, my my, my uh, thoughts are flocking to me here. Um, oh. I think that um, Shepard, from what I seen, looked decent. Okay, did did he kind of pull the wool over your eyes a bit? I mean, potentially. I mean, very potentially. It, against Hillebeath, he should have scored. He, he he was finding the positions to get into. At one point, he rounded the keeper, but it was like he just took like too much of a heavy touch. But that could be pre-season. But I don't know. I think that for the pre-season games that we've had. I'd have expected his quality to have shone through a bit more. Um, but look, it's very, very early days. Um, don't want to be to be judging him. You know, I just don't think we're gonna I don't think we're gonna have tons of quality in the squad this year. I think we've got we've got gems like a Murdoch at this level, for me, is like should be one of the best defenders in the league. There's a, you know, there's a couple here there. I, I just think if we can get back to a team that's very hard working, we'll bust their gut for 90 minutes. I think that's all we can ask at this level. I really do. And I think if he, fit, if he fits that bill, he, he'll, he's not going to have tons of confidence as a striker because he's not scored a lot of mm. goals. But you, ne- you just never know. Like, Schiavone or however the hell you pronounce it, Shiavone. Um I mean, there's a kid who's also come in who's not scored many goals. You know, he scored one in 17, I think, as a, as a professional. Obviously, he's young. 
but they're the sort of wee diamonds that you could pick up and he, he could be very, very good. You, See, you, get you, confident, you get confidence as a kid and you're oh. starting for a, a professional team and you start scoring a couple of goals. You've no idea how good these guys could become. Strike partnerships have, like, there's a couple of S and S strike partnerships that have been great. We had Scotty and Sludden here in the 90s. They were great together. Sutton and Shearer. Shiavoni and Shepherd. Could Shepherd no. be our Shearer? It's the only one of the two that sounds like a, a lawyer firm, though. Well, I really, I think we should, what we should really be looking to sign is a guy whose surname starts with I. We could, we could have a front for a Shepherd, Healy, this guy, and Troughton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. There's Bernie oh, Abini that plays in Australia. He used to be here with the White Cats. I'll get in touch with him. Danny I don't think he's going to come to Methyl. My, my favourite one of those kind of ones was it was Charlton Athletic, whose back three was Fish Costa Fortune. <laughs> Wasn't it Ross, Ross County had a ton of Rosses one year in their team as well? Yeah, I like that. Our both had about 14 Hamiltons for yeah. them last year as well, to be fair. Anyway, before we go off on any more tangents, um, that, that is the squad. I mean, there's still time to, to add players as well. And with these Premier Sports Cup coming up, I think, I mean, that is going to give us a chance to look to see what we need. You guys touched on it earlier in your introductory thoughts. I'll start with Doug for this. What would you like to see us add before the league season gets underway? If you, if you had three positions that you'd strengthen. Can I, can I just clarify, you can't play trialists in the cup, is that correct? No. Right. Um, oh, left back. <laughs> Actually, I think my number one would be a left back, just because we've not had one for since 1947. I think we've been saying um, that since we started episode one of the show. No. It's like, I, I don't know if Dickie Gibb is listening, but seriously, pal, we could we could genuinely do with you. Great interview, by the way. Um, left back, definitely... Um, I would definitely need another centre half and a, a young, hungry, lone striker who's unbelievable at football. Mm. Is that That's too much? pretty much, too much mine too. Perfect. You guys, any different? That's what I'd go with. Was limit to three. Those are the three. We we asked some of the the listeners to send in some tweets and stuff about what they would want us to talk about in the show. Any of that that you want to go over just now, Lee? Yes, um, so let me bring up... Our he says phone. throwing it to Lee because he isn't prepared and have it on his phone. Absolutely, I've got it now. Um, so one of the first questions is, what's the most important thing that you would add to the squad, like positions or anything like that, which we've covered? Um, are hens like left, uh, left backs like hens teeth if Troughton doesn't score who will I think that we've covered that left backs I'm convinced are like mythical unicorns um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest but the, the boy Williamson looked decent enough um, Scott the, at the real Scott 31's asked where the goals will come from are you guys worried about the lack of quality we have in the team I think most of the squads look pretty much similar to ours I think it'll just be a bit of a dog fight to be honest um, where the goals will come from. I think Troughton is going to be our guy for goals if we can keep him fit. But I still have said already, um, I want to see us sign a striker. Um, Jaden Fairley's asked, um, who do we think that we should 
sign um, and if we do sign them, where will we finish? So I think we're going to come to where we think we'll finish in the league um, fairly shortly. But I think that who I'd like to see us sign. So I want to try and keep it realistic. Um, I think that, I mean, Hilson's obviously played for for this division before. He's a player that I really like. He's not playing regularly at Arbroath. Somebody will probably come and say he got released by Arbroath and he signed for somebody else, but I, you know, as far as I, I'm aware, I think he's still there. Um, somebody of that ilk would be great. Um, if we could get somebody a, a bit creative in the middle of the park and maybe like a, a really experienced centre-half and a left-back. Um, there's rumours uh, potentially like Peter Grant that was at Queen's Park. Um, last year, not his dad that got sacked at Dunfermline. I always think he's a bit old now for the team, yeah. but maybe maybe yeah. he can still do a turn. There's rumours of Peter Grant, um, who, to be honest, like I think probably fits that mould, like experienced centre half. Probably not wouldn't be too upset by the signing of that. Um, I think that he's probably what we need because obviously Steele is a good player, but does seem to pick up the occasional niggle. Um, and the the boy Denham, from what I've seen of him, I've actually been quite impressed. But I would probably say that. If at least if we've got another experienced centre half behind them, it means that we won't have to result to playing Pat at centre half where he's been the last three games that I've watched. Um, so, off the top of my head, I mean, if we were able to go out and buy somebody like I said with the cash that we might get for Jude, I would love to see us go and bring Tony Wallace back. Um, had a really good series uh, season with Annan last year, so you know maybe he doesn't want to be commuting down to to Elgin every week. Uh, to Aaron every week. That would be mine, unless anybody's got any names that they would like. I, I'm so out of the loop, I don't even know like who you'd look at and who's like a realistic target anymore. No. You boys? There, there's a couple of guys, actually, that's playing in, in League 1 BC that would, like, genuinely, like, they're looking to move up to the Canadian Premier League, so they've put themselves in the shop window. There's a 29-year-old centre-back that's played three or four seasons down in Australia and New Zealand and then he came back here for COVID and now he's wanting to go back overseas to find a club. If we if we were going to pay him decent money, a 29-year-old experienced centre-back that scores goals, I'd take him over. His name's Joe Zuppo. Oh, that's a great name. Mm. Good name, yeah. Anytime you can get a Z of any name, it's worth taking just for drinking games and alphabet games. Dario Zanatta. Yeah, true. Is he still Daniel. with Wraith, I take it? Yeah. No, I think he's away. Oh. Is he? I don't know. I thought, he was, that, I thought I'd seen that he was away. I, I, I don't really have any names specifically. I think... No, he's still there. I think you're just kind of picking up whatever scraps you can get. And if, you know, as I say, we're going to... We're clearly... said it for. We've clearly not got money to overly spend, I don't think. So I think we're sort of relying a little bit on the under-20s and if we can just pick up a couple of loan signers, I think that's all we can really hope for now. Might get Darren Watson back. Aye. Yeah. So, a bit ambivalent. Well. Yeah, I think we all are. The, the league is going to get underway at the end of July. We, we start off with Elgin away, Bonnie Rig at home, Albion Rovers away, Forfar at home, Stranraer away. So first five games, some tough ones in there. But I, I got you guys to kind of have a think about where we might finish in the league and just how, just a little bit of fun at this stage of how the league might kind of play out from like one to ten. 
and we'll maybe revisit it in a month once the season gets underway and then we'll definitely revisit it at the end of the season, maybe the midway point as well. So I got you to do it 1 to 10, but I'm going to split it up in little bits. So first of all, where do we think East Fife are going to finish? And I'll start off by saying I've got them 8th. I've got a sixth. I I also have a sixth. I also have a sixth. Oh, interesting. Yes. So well, I'm maybe, the pessimistic maybe, one amongst us. Mid-table mediocrity. Maybe one of us have got like the exact same league placings. That would be exciting. Well, oh, be that would be. Who have you guys got to win it? Let's start with Lee for this one. Sterling. Gordon. Stenhouse Muir. Ooh, Doug. Dumbarton. I've got Dumbarton as well. I thought we were going to have four different winners. Uh, interesting. Um, the three playoff places. Gordon. I have got Annan, Forfar and Dumbarton. Ooh. I also have Annan, Forfar and Dumbarton. Oh, wow. They've just obviously been conspiring and doing the commentary to come up with stuff like this. <laughs> Doug? Uh, well, I've got Forfar, Stennis, Muir and Annan. I see, I've got Steny, Annan. Steny, Annan, and Bonnie Rig, I went for. So none oh. of you guys think Bonnie Rig's going to. No. Interesting. Who have you got finishing bottom? Let's I'll start be in with... Rovers. Oh, I was going to start with Doug, but I'll be in Rovers. That's who I've got as well. I'll be in Rovers, yep. I've, I've gone controversial. I've gone Bonnie Rig Rose. I would I stun me. I've got to say, I'll I'll put a little uh, adding add on to that. They've only signed Kev Smith and some utter random, and they're sticking with the squad that got them up. I think that's a very brave move. So I, I think they'll struggle. I actually admire that because they're not going nuts and trying to just buy buy their way up. They did look I, I, pretty good though in those games. Well, I know it's Cowden they were playing, but I I watched the two games and they looked impressive in it. So what See, I, I read I read a couple of people saying they were, they were at the game and thought that yeah. if that's the squad they go up with, they'll struggle because that's a lot it. of the players aren't at that quite Yeah, because I guess they were playing the shittest team at that point. Like Everything that I've seen about them, everyone who's kind of commented on them that's been them, and I've never watched a game with them, seems to say, like, um, you know, they're organised. They've got a few big guys. They play very, very route one. And there is nothing, nothing beyond that. It's just simple, lump up the park, big guys. Now, I mm. think similar, maybe a little bit similar to when we went up um, oh, 20 years ago now under Jim Muffet. I think what they might have is like a bit of energy at the start and they might catch a few teams cold. But I think once they get found, if that's the way they play and they haven't strengthened, I think they might get found out a little bit. I don't think they'll finish bottom by any by any stretch of imagination, I think they're probably good enough to finish above the likes of Albion, Rovers and Elgin, but I think folk putting them top four or winning the league, I think it'll be a bit beyond them. I think they probably won't have the quality that a few other teams will. But they might have a good start and then they'll kind of... Yeah. I mean, points on the board early can be key, but I think Steny last year as well showed you can get off to a really shit start and then you can put it together and you start to, to climb the table. So we'll go through the whole 1 to 10 then quickly for each of us. I know we've 
given some of those away. So let's start with Doug for this. Uh, Dumbarton, Forfer, Stenhouse, Muir, U Anan, Sterling, East Five, Stranraer, Elgin City, Albion Rovers, and Bonnie Rig. Hmm. Gordon. Uh, Stenhouse, Muir, Annan, Forfar, Dumbarton, Stirling Albion, East Fife, Bonnie Rig in seventh, Stranraer, Elgin City, Albion Rovers. Lee. Yeah, I just I've made a, a slight tweak to mine. Um, what? Yes, I've made a tweak to mine because anyway, I'll just say it. I don't have to justify myself to anybody. Um, I've you do. <laughs> no, definitely not. I've gone for Sterling first, Dumbarton second, Forfar third, Anna, uh, Steny fourth, Annan fifth, East Fife sixth, Bonnie Rig seventh, Elgin eighth, Stranraer ninth, and Albion tenth. Hmm. What was your tweak? Yeah, what was your tweak? I meant to have Steny in the playoffs instead. Ah, of you relegated Annan down to fifth. Yes. Ah. Good call. I, I was going back and forth between Dumbarton and Steny to win it. And I think Dumbarton's just going to possibly have the edge. But then I thought they were going to do way better last season with all their pre-season talk of new owners and money, and then they got relegated. But I've got Dumbarton... Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, you go ahead. Sorry. Dumbarton, Steny, Annan, Bonnie Rigg, Stirling, Forfurst and Rahr, East Fife, Elgin, Albion Rovers. I definitely see Elgin and Albion being worse than us, so I've got no concerns that we're going to be in a relegation battle. And I could genuinely see us anywhere from 5th to 8th. I just don't see us challenging for the playoffs unless there's tons of parity and everyone is as shit as each other. It could be a bit of that. I think the compared to a lot of leagues and League 2 most season, I, I would put Albion Rovers and Elgin kind of down the bottom. It may not be the bottom two, but I don't think they'll challenge at all. Um, the rest of the teams, you know, you... I wouldn't be that surprised of the other eight if someone, you know, finishes second, third, fifth, sixth. It could be very, I, very tight. I think the fact that we've kind of all put us roughly in that, you know, let's say consensus of six, it is very much the case of we just we really don't know. Like we, mm-hmm. I don't like. I, I'm not. I'm not discounting us potentially having to go try to win the league. I mean, I'm genuinely not, because all it takes is that couple of good loan signings and someone to click and you're getting a wee roll in this league. You could, you know, you could easily do something. Like that. So we, we could easily get the playoffs, I think. Well, but that's the thing. We just have to finish fourth and our season's extended. But but just also also in the simple way that we, we could also, if we get off to a rough start, which was my worry, a la the sort of breaking side of things, that we, we, we could end up in a bit of a dogfight at the bottom. But I, I genuinely, I can't remember the last time going into a season where I just don't have a clue mm. what we're going to do. No. Well, look no, at our first se- three second, games. Second We've got Elgin eight. and Albion. Mm. Yes, second to eighth, easy. But Elgin and Albion in two of our first three games, both away from home, admittedly. Six points. Yeah, you've got to look at that. And then with Bonnie Rig at home and our home form... I mean, we could start nine out of nine. There's, there's the optimism we've been searching for for the whole show. Who are you and what have you done with Mike? Yeah. I mean, what, I, what's, what's the record points total for League Two? Just, you know, just to have it in my head. Do we not have that? 96. No, I, I think, think we Rangers got more points. Gretna, Gretna got it. Yeah. 
we we won the league earlier than Rangers did. Yes. Yeah. But I think they ended the, up with more points or something. It's still the fastest league win, I think, ever in Scotland. Yeah. We didn't, didn't get as many points. We're that good. Yeah. <laughs> Seems so long ago now. So we, we've talked a lot of nonsense. Thank you for staying with us. I just want to finish up by looking at some stuff off the pitch. I was going to talk about the commercial manager, but we, we mentioned that. So it's great that we... That we look like we're going to have you one. Double hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I just want to chat about two last things then. Hospitality. So it's not fully been revealed for the whole season. They've just mentioned it for the Dunfermline game. But looking at that, I, I'm taking it that that is going to be what it's going to be for the whole season. But for the Dunfermline game, because season tickets obviously aren't valid and you would expect season ticket holders to get a bit of a discount during the league. But it's £55. To give you a rough idea, the pars, you can get it for 60 For Wraith, you can get it for 65 So when I first saw 55 I thought, oh, that's a bit steep. But then looking at the others, maybe not. But it is an all-you-can-eat buffet now and not like a three-core sit-down meal. I like going for Indian buffets. I like going for Chinese buffets. If I'm going for hospitality, though, I more want a sit-down meal because how many times do you go to a buffet and the food's not that warm? Depends how good it is, I suppose. I mean... Well, that's you know, it. I don't know who's providing the, the buffet. There's, but... there's new hospitality people in because the pie stalls have changed hands as well. And what what were the pies like? Were they decent? Was it good fare? I have one yet. You look like you have. Fuck yourself. Um, I think that I tried to get one. It was either I think it must have been Hill of Beef, and they were sold out. So, um, Beef were sold out. Went down for one. There's none. Yeah. So. Uh, well, maybe they need to get more pies in. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming it's 55 plus VAT, Michael. Uh let me get check. I've got it up here. Probably yes. It, it certainly used to be. Oh yeah, no, price. that's inclusive for VAT. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think that's bad value. No, I don't either. Neither. Uh, like, because you're you're getting your program, which seems to be three pounds now. Yeah. Well, um, it's forty quid to get in the gate. So, <laughs> <laughs> half time tea, coffee, and snacks, which you'd imagine would be a pie. The, but the the the, the main thing I, I expressed my concern when I did hospitality last year. They've got to get people through the door. Yep. It used to be packed every week, and a, a slight issue. But that, I don't think it's a well, maybe it is, but. It used to be like you would go in, you would pay your, let's say, 55 now or whatever it is, and it would be like your meal and as much as you want to drink. And they changed it to you can only have one drink in front of you. And that, I know for a fact, stopped a lot of people going. Because oh. a, a lot of the hospitalities you go to, like we're talking about doing the Dungeon United one, because a guy in the band's a Dungeon United fan, and their hospitality is really good. And it's expensive, but it's like, you know, wine, anything, anything you want, as much as you want, it's all yours. You know, all that it's sort of stuff. Three different packages. Yeah, th there's a ninety-five yeah. pound package that is like, not, with all the drink not, and stuff. It's not unlimited drink. No, it it says it's it's not unlimited. That's it says complimentary bar. So I took that as unlimited, but it's not then. You, you can have as much as you can get through, but mm. you can't like have half a pint sitting there and then order another drink and another drink. Because when we used to do it, you would have like seven drinks lined up. All right. And just like, you know. I, I feel that's a big difference though, 40 pounds. Because who's going to drink 40 quid's worth of stuff in like two hours? Really? Yeah. 
40 you quid's it, worth of booze. What, what is it? £4 a pint, maybe you? To, to be honest, your, your, your best value, if you know, and I'm not trying to take it away from the club, your best value is to pay at the bar. Because while Lee might spend 40 quid, someone else might not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it kind of evens itself out. But either way, it's it's so worth doing. Honestly, I mean, I'll at least do one hospitality every year. It's fantastic and it's great, great fun. Just a different way to watch football, really, in many ways. Bluetooth, basically. But it's like, it's so well worth doing. And I just really, that scared me last year. And I know COVID's a reason for it. I get that. Absolutely. We need, and that's one of the biggest things for the hospitality, the new uh, hospitality dude or commercial guy. We've got to get that busy again because yeah. that he has to that's get your out there. Money maker. It's your biggest money maker. And like I, mean, I say, if that I, was my it, job, it, that was what I would be focusing on. Because I would just still be going in all the companies. Well, you hopefully he's on some commission for folk that he brings in as well as an incentive. But it still annoys me that it's the it's really the eve of the season and we've not had anything in place, so therefore we've not had the chance to have all summer doing all this sort of stuff. That's my only bugbear. Obviously, they've got someone in now, so that's good. That is good news. There's no doubt about that. Apparently, he's, he's got a few deals closed already, from what I hear. So, right. fantastic. Fingers crossed. But I mean, if it was me, I would be phoning companies and all, every local company. You would just go through the equivalent of the yellow pages. I am such and such from Eastway Football Club. I want to invite you over to do some hospitality. These are the prices. Get along. Get them in. They're like, oh, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Well, did you enjoy it? See if you actually sponsor us. We'll give you two hospitalities a season. Yeah, oh, but that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I generally don't. I, I've never had someone that I've taken a hospitality who's not had a great, great no, time. Same with me, because it's like I, I when I worked in Scotland and I worked in the bank, we had solicitors and surveyors take us out, and we'd been to we'd been to Ibrox, we'd been to other ones, and it's like they'd been to Bayview, and the guys loved it. They were like, "This is really good. We should do this again." Yeah. Other thing. Obviously, there's a lot of moaning from us, from the fans in general. There's an open day this Saturday, a Q&A, a chance to put questions to the board. I hope it, it gets a good... I thought it was next Saturday. Oh, sorry, it is next Saturday, it's the 16th, yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit lost with, with dates. Uh, so, yeah, a week on Saturday. So, you've got time to get your questions ready. But I hope there's a good turnout for that. I hope it's also respectful. And if, if you're going to just go off and one the board, they're not going to answer your questions. But... Folk are always wanting these and saying, why can't we ask the board questions? Get out and do this. Get your questions, get your concerns out there. Also yeah. come where like suggestions as to what the club could do to make things better as well. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I think I think as, as much as we can, after last season, we've got we've got to turn around the, the kind of attitudes towards everything in terms of look. I think if we'd done this three weeks ago, we might have been very, very negative. I, I don't think we have been negative in terms of what were our expectations are, what potentially might happen this season on the park. Nine so points out of nine think, to start. Well, I, I, absolutely. I mean, that's mental, but we'll come back to that. I think just that we just need that upturn and that this it's a fresh slate, it's a new start. And, you know, with a bit of positivity and the right results here or there, who knows what we can do this season. But I just think, the more you keep dragging, you know, everything up, we'll, we'll all have our say on pricing, all that sort of stuff. I get that. It's, it's been very controversial. There's no doubt about that. It's done. It's not going to change. So I think let's just try and get things a little more positive and, and see what can happen on the park. 
that's a nice kind of positive way to wrap things up, I think. We'll just go around everyone just before we go. Let anyone know where they can find you online if you want to do that or any final thoughts or anything you've learned this week or any fun things that you've seen this week. And let's start with Gordon. Well, um, I've got uh, some dramatic breaking news. Uh, it's not it's not about Boris Johnson. Oh, I was going to think this would be great. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the result of my COVID test. Oh, drum roll. It is negative. Yay! It's so weird though, because it's like when I had it, I tested and right away the line came up. I didn't even have to wait yeah. at all. Then my wife tested three times and was negative every time she tested, but had it worse than me because she clearly had it because she lost her smell and taste and everything and was off work for two weeks because it just lingered and wouldn't go away. So I don't know how accurate these things are, but that's great news anyway. Well done, Gordon. So you've got some other disease then? <laughs> yeah, there's something else wrong with me, obviously. Hmm. You don't have COVID, but you do have AIDS. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got good news and bad news. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, any other final thoughts, which might be your final thoughts, before we get the bottom of your, your illness? Uh, no, no, not really. I think um, I agree with what Doug was saying there. Obviously, I think uh, with, the, with the open day and all the rest of it, I think I think folks should try and be a bit, a bit more constructive and a bit more kind of understanding a bit more positive I think obviously a lot of things are frustrating but good Doug will make it worse any final thoughts any fun stuff from you uh, I, I don't think I've got much fun stuff I mean you actually now physically can find me nowhere on social media I've been all social media I suggest everyone does the same as yeah. your life um, the only way to contact me would be get in touch with uh, Scott Young on his Twitter handle you can be found every- <laughs> He can be found every Monday night masturbating in my garden. It's kind of it's like a semaphore kind of message he gives you now. He'll, he'll write his messages and come on Doug's grass. <laughs> dot dot dash. That's the new Morse or, code. Or he, he's yeah. saying that the sort of speed and ferocity of his masturbating would be the message itself. True. Exactly. <laughs> it actually exactly. causes a smoke signal with a thing. Some would say. Some would say it's great fun to watch for all the family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lee, save us. You can find me on Twitter at LeeG1903. Um, you could find us on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. I've been there Instagram because we've never used it in over a year. I um, know. I, I've got it and I hardly use mine. We're on the lookout. Um, we've still got another couple of sponsorship um, slots. If anybody's interested in taking it up, £100 gets you the entire year and your bespoke advert um, thanks to the ever excellent Donald Perry for his voiceover and always being our favourite Perry um, apart from that get down to Dunfermline on Saturday unfortunately I won't be able to make it but I will take this opportunity to say um, in advance huge congratulations to Isla English who gets married on Saturday um, I'm going along to her wedding, looking forward to it. But she is marrying a Rovers fan, so I don't know how we we quite feel about that. Um, just just quickly as a word of warning, I did marry a Wraith Rovers fan, and it is uh, no longer the case. So, word of warning, Isla. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, never going to um, last. But I, I mean, I married someone that hates football, and we've been married twenty years. So there's there's what you need to do. I'll be married Brian, for and, nine and, years in a few weeks' and time. And Brian is a lucky guy, Michael. Yes. <laughs> um, absolutely but 
yeah, um, congratulations to to Ayla and Ryan on their upcoming nuptials. And apart from that, just get yourself along, buy a season ticket, support the club, and hopefully we'll we'll see some signings coming in, in the coming days. Yep, I'm Michael McCall. Find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada or at AFTN website. And if you want to read anything about the North American game, you can find it on AFTN.ca. And we've got some oldies five stuff up on AFTN.co.uk, which I keep meaning to get around to updating, but finding the time is not easy these days. Want to thank our sponsors again, Move Mortgages, East Five Community Football Club, and also Manscaped. Remember, you can get 20% off and free shipping. If you use the code GDOG, GDOG at manscaped.com, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So from those tools to these four tools, we're going to bid you adieu. It's been fun being back. Enjoy chatting with you guys again. We'll be back soon. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe. And mon the fife! Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more